0: Okay, so we are continuing and going through the 13 principles of faith, the Yud, Gimel, Ikre, Emunah. Um, and we are holding by principle number 12, which is a uh, very famous and well-known one. And that is the principle to believe in the coming of Mashiach. Um, we quickly run through, we talked about the first five, we were talking directly about Hashem, all the, the different aspects about Hashem. We talked then about Nivua, about prophecy, and the prophecy of Moshe Rabbeinu. Um, we talked about the Torah min Hashemayim, from heaven, we talked about the Torah won't change. Um, finally, we talked about Hashem's knowledge of everything that goes on in this world, and involvement in everything that goes on in this world. And in the last class, we talked about um, schar and unish, reward and punishment um, and how that is as well a foundation in the emunah of Klal Yisrael. which brings us to the final two the Iker of the yisoid, the foundation, the 12th and the 13th which are both about the future the 12th is about the coming of Mashiach and the 13th is about ha-mesim, the resurrection of the dead and those are the final two of the 13 principles of faith. So let me read first the way the Rambam writes it in when he describes the 13 principles, and then we'll expound. He says, <speaking in Hebrew> The 12th foundation is Yemaisa Mashiach, the days of Mashiach. <speaking in Hebrew> that a person believes with truth that he will come. <speaking in Hebrew> And one should not think that, who knows when he'll come, that he's, uh, he'll come, we don't, you know, just, uh, that he'll come in a long time. To the contrary, that even if Mashiach takes time in coming, even if he tarries, we await him. And he goes on to say not to create any definitive time in our mind by when he has to come. Um, and then he says that part of this samuna is to believe in the greatness of Mashiach, who's coming that he's going to be so great and his uh, glory and honor will be greater than all the kings that there were until this time. And he says we should think about his greatness and we should inspire a feeling of desire and want and to daven for him to come. Um, And then he says a person who's in doubt whether he's going to come or he doesn't think the Mashiach will be so great, that's considered in denial of the basic principle of teriyah. Because Torah um, bears witness to the coming of Mashiach, and he brings a few of the um, sources in the Torah, which we'll get to. And part of this, and part of this, as the Rambam also, is to believe in base David, in the fact, in the um, in the fact that the Melech of Mashiach will come from the house of David, Hamelech, U Mizera come from David HaMelech, through through Shloma Ha-Melech His son. And that is part of this foundation of belief, not only to believe that there will be Mashiach and there will be a person, he will be a king coming from David HaMalach and Shlema HaMalach, and that is the twelfth foundation of faith. That's the way the Rambam says it, short, concise, in the Rambam's way, the mitzvah to believe in the coming of Mashiach and to await his coming and to know that he's going to be a great king from the house of David HaMalach. That's how the Rambam says it. And of course, especially as the Rebbe always made the coming of Mashiach front and center um, in everything the Rebbe spoke about and therefore sort of it's ingrained within us this concept and how central it is to Yiddishkeit but um, surprising surprising as it might be the fact that this is actually a foundation of Yiddishkeit is, was something that was questioned through Gudela Yisrael through great people who asked, why is it why is it really seen as so foundational and so central to Yiddishkeit? And of course, what we want to say, like, of course, of course, but great people, even someone like the Hassam Seifer, who was this great rav um, in Hungary some 200 years ago, and in the Sefer he writes, he says, of course we believe in the coming of Mashiach without a doubt, but he questions, just in a, in a questioning form, he says, you know, if a Yid says... I'll be a yid every day, and I'll serve Hashem, and I'll learn Torah and do the mitzvahs. And I don't know when Mashiach will come. You know, He'll come? He won't come. That's not my business. My business is to do what I have to do. So the Chasam Sofer asked, "Why is why does Rambam say no that if a person is not um, focused and yearning and waiting for Mashiach, a person is so lacking in a very central foundation of the Torah? Why? Like what would be wrong?" If I'm a good Jew, and I'm a from Jew, and I do what Hashem wants, and Mashiach will come when he comes. Why is it so important and so significant that the Rambam makes it one of the center, one of the pillars of the Amunah Vayyid? That's a question written in Sfarim, and there's different answers given to that question. And really, we can approach that question from a Kabbalistic and Hasidic perspective, um, and understanding the deeper meaning of what Mashiach is, and why that's so central, But there's also coming to it from a halachic perspective, from a basic, more basic and more halachic perspective. And I want to do that first. I want to first um, discuss the importance and the central nature of the coming Mashiach from a purely halachic perspective. And perhaps I think that we're going to devote tonight to that. And in the next class, the Merzah Hashem, next week, We'll discuss it more from the Kabbalistic and Hasidic perspective as well. Amir So I think we'll take two classes to discuss this, um, this pillar of faith, the coming of Mashiach, why it is so central. So, from a, a simple and halachic perspective, why is Mashiach so, so important? And the answer is also a simple answer. The answer is because halacha dictates that we follow the halachas of the Torah. How many halachas are there in the Torah? How many mitzvahs are there in the Torah? So we all know the number. That there's 613 mitzvahs. 613 basic mitzvahs of the Torah. 248 positive commandments. 365 negative commandments. However, the majority of the positive commandments of the Torah are not applicable now. Because Mashiach is not here. There's so many mitzvahs that are connected with the land of Eretz Yisrael and with the Beis HaMikdash, and with the Koyenim, and with the Leviim, and the Kohen Gadol, and the Melech, so many mitzvahs that really can only be fulfilled when Mashiach will come. So, out of 248 positive mitzvahs, less than 100 are applicable nowadays. Out of 365 negative mitzvahs, only about half are applicable nowadays. So, So the answer to the question, why from a halachic perspective, isn't it fine if a yid says, whatever, I'm serving Hashem, I'm doing whatever I have to do, and Mashiach will come when he comes. Why is it so central and important halachically that Mashiach comes? Because most of the halachas of the Torah, or a huge part of the halachas of the Torah, are simply today theoretical. And the Torah was written and the mitzvahs were given in order so that they be done. That the, that the entire Torah and the entire mitzvah should be able to be fulfilled, and therefore nowadays that we're missing so many of them, the Torah and the mitzvahs are sorely lacking. And therefore, any yid that has a feeling of I want to serve Hashem properly and I want to do the Torah and mitzvahs, if a mitzvah can't I can't do the mitzvah, so I cry out to Hashem, when can I do that mitzvah? The um, the Rebbe many times pointed to two cases in the Torah where people cried out to Hashem, and because of that, they were given a mitzvah. What are those two cases? So one we just celebrated last week, and that's Pesach Sheni. The Jewish people, some of them were impure, and therefore could not bring the carbon Pesach. And they cried out to Hashem and said, Lama Nigara, why should we be lacking, why should we be missing out um, in doing a mitzvah? Okay, I muted. I muted everyone. So, so the um, the Rebbe says that we have here the situation of Pesach Sheni, where you had a few, a handful of Jewish people, and they were just were not able to do one mitzvah, the mitzvah of carbon Pesach, and nevertheless they felt strongly enough about it that they come to Moshe Rabbeinu himself no less and say, we want to be able to do this mitzvah. And Hashem says they really want, and He gave them a second mitzvah that we have till today, the mitzvah of Pesach Sheni. And the other famous case is the daughters of Tzlavchad, The daughters of Tzlavchad, who so much wanted to go into Eretz Yisrael, and so much wanted to have a shear in the land of Eretz Yisrael, and now they saw that their father died and there were no brothers, and they wouldn't have a shear in the land of Eretz Yisrael. So again, they came to Meishu Rabbeinu, and they came to, Ar, to, to Elazar, and they say, why should our family not have a part of the mitzvahs of Eretz Yisrael? And Hashem heard them and said, they're right, the daughters of Slavchad are correct, and if they want to have a part of Eretz Yisrael so much, it should be given to them. So these are the two stories in the Torah, where the Torah talks about the significance of wanting a mitzvah, of wanting Kedusha, and that when we want it enough, it's expected of us to ask for it, to cry out for it. And therefore, when we talk about the coming of Mashiach and we talk about this basic idea that nowadays so much of the mitzvahs we're just not able to do, it's not our fault, Um, we, we don't have the ability to do anything related to the Beis HaMikdash or anything related to the land of Eretz Yisrael, uh, well, not anything, but many of the mitzvahs of Eretz Yisrael and kings and koenim and all of that. So therefore, that becomes a basic halachic premise for the need for the coming of Mashiach and the need for yid to cry out to Hashem that we want to be able to serve Him properly and fulfill the Torah mitzvahs properly. So that's the basic halachic answer. Why is Mashiach so important? Because the Torah today is so lacking. It's at half-mast. The mitzvahs are... There are so many mitzvahs. We want to be able to serve Hashem properly and fully the way Hashem tells us in His Torah. And that can only really be when Mashiach will come. Now, when we understand that, we understand the whole frame of how the Rambam gives us the halachas about the coming of Mashiach. Um... We've discussed many times that the Rambam is the is the sefer that uh, encompasses all of the halachas of the Torah. And the Rambam is written in a very orderly fashion. There's 14 books, and those 14 books are divided into 83 sections, and 83 sections into chapters, and halachas. The Rambam is this magnificent, orderly sefer. The last two chapters of his sefer, Yad HaHazoka, he devotes to the coming of Mashiach. And the way he begins those chapters, and I have a Rambam in front of me, the Rambam writes and he says, what is Mashiach actually coming to do from a halachic perspective? Again, we talk about all different types of medrashim and all different types of concepts. But what's the basic halachic criteria of Mashiach's job? What are the actual things that he's coming to do halachically? So Rambam writes, he says very clearly, He says, HaMalach HaMashiach, Asid first He's going to rise. U Malchus David, LiYashna. The first thing he's going to do is bring back kingship, kingdom. And we have, we had David HaMalach, we had his son Shlomo HaMalach, there was the Malachim of Klal Yisrael. The first thing Mashiach is going to do is he's going to return to us kings, kingdom. He will be a king. We haven't had kings in about, um, uh, in about, almost 2,500 years we haven't had kings. Because the last king we had was at the end of the first Beis HaMikdash. During the second Beis HaMikdash already, we didn't have kings. So the first thing is, he's coming to bring us back kingdom. And then, Ubeine HaMikdash. He's going to build the Beis HaMikdash. And finally, Mekabetz Nidchei Yisrael. He's going to gather in all of Klal Yisrael into Eretz Yisrael. Those are, if you're looking for the job description. The do the the basic to do list of Mashiach is again from a from a fully halachic perspective, not mystically, not Chasidis, From fully halachic perspective of the Rambam, the three things the Mashiach is coming to do is return kingdom to the Jewish people, rebuild the base on Mikdash, and bring Klal Yisrael back to Eretz Yisrael. Why are those the three basic things the Mashiach is going to have to do? Why why is that the uh, the uh, halachic Prescribed to-do list of Mashiach. Kingdom, Beis HaMikdash, and Eretz Yisrael. Says the Rebbe, very simple. Because those three things are necessary in order to bring us back to the observance of the entire Torah and all the mitzvahs. What does a Melech do? A Melech, a king, is one who makes sure that everyone does what they have to do. Law and order. As, as the ramam continues, he says... <laughs> Mashiach's job is to make sure that everyone follows the rules of the Torah. So that's Malchus. Malchus is that he brings everyone to fulfill the mitzvahs, the halachas that they're supposed to be doing. Builds a of mikdash that will enable us to bring karbones. And not just karbonis, all of the Avoid and the Beis HaMikdash. The Karbonis and the Menorah and the Shulchan and the Avoid of the Kayanim and the Levim, that's all when we have a Beis HaMikdash. And finally, he says, he'll bring us all back to Eretz Yisrael because only when we're all back in Eretz Yisrael do many of the mitzvahs of Eretz Yisrael apply. For example, in this last week's parsha, we learned about the mitzvah of Yovel, Yovel. Yovel doesn't apply when the Jewish people aren't living in Israel. Like nowadays, there is no Yovel because the majority of the Jewish people aren't living in Eretz Yisrael, so there's no yovel. Even Shemitah, which now does apply somewhat, rabbinically, some parts do, some parts don't, but all of the mitzvahs ha-tlu'yos the mitzvahs that are dependent on the land of Israel, are primarily applicable when Klal Yisrael will live in the land of Eretz Yisrael. So therefore the Rebbe says, why did the Rambam say that these specifically are the three main points of what Mashiach is coming for? Um, to bring us Malchus, and to bring us a Beis Miktash and to bring us back to Eretz Yisrael, because this all falls back to that concept that from a halachic perspective and angle, the reason why Mashiach is so central to Yiddishkeit and to Teclal Yisrael is because that brings the Shleimus of Torah and Mitzvahs. If it brings the Shleimus, the completion of Torah and Mitzvahs, you need to have a king for that, you need to be in Eretz Yisrael for that, and you have to have a Beis Miktash for that. And the Rebbe continues and says that when we understand this perspective, the again, the halachic perspective of what Mashiach is primarily here for, which is to bring us to the shleimus, the completion of serving Hashem and fulfilling all the terimitzvahs, we understand a number of things that the Rambam writes about Mashiach. For example, does Mashiach have to be a miracle worker in order to be Mashiach? Like, is that when we're going to try to figure out, you know, uh, the news is going to leak out and Mashiach is here and everyone, you know, every, well we're all questioning people. Jewish people are questioning people and wondering, you know, is that person Mashiach or not? And we're checking it out. So is being a miracle worker an integral part of being Mashiach? famous debate, Rambam says, no. No, doesn't have to be a miracle worker. Why, says the Rebbe? Simple. Because that's not the halachic... Um, uh, um, definition of what he's here for. If he's here to perform miracles and show great things, then he's got to be a miracle worker. But if Mashiach's primary job is to be a melech, to be a king, and bring us a Besamikdash, and bring us back to Eretz Yisrael, that doesn't require necessarily to be a miracle worker. Now, it's important to note, Rambam is not saying that Mashiach won't be a miracle worker. Of course he may be. And in fact, the Rambam in certain letters... And letters he wrote to Yemen, he talks about miracle workers, and Mashiach will definitely be a great miracle worker. That's all good, but from a halachic angle, when we're talking about the halachic requisites of Mashiach, Rambam says that's not what he's here for, primarily halachically. And that's why Rambam also famously says, um, in the day, in the era of Mashiach, will there be? Will the nature of the world change? Old question, and again, so much written about this. Will the world's nature change? So Rambam famously is of the opinion? No, not necessarily. He says, <laughs> The nature of the world won't change. In fact, the Rambam quotes the famous pasuk from Yeshayahu that says that in that time, <inaudible> that the uh, wolf will live with the lamb, <inaudible> and the leopard and the goat, And Rambam says, it doesn't mean necessarily, actually, it's an allegory that the Yidden will live in peace with the Goyim, and so on and so forth, but it doesn't have to be miraculous. And and again, the Rebbe has this angle on the Rambam, and says that all of the Rambam statements about Mashiach are for one reason. They all come from the same place, and that is that the Rambam sees Mashiach as his halachic function. Is to bring shleimus of our ability to serve Hashem, shleimus ha'teira, shleimus ha'mitzvahs, and therefore we have to be in Eretz Yisrael, and therefore we have to have a Beis a and therefore we have to have a melech in order that we should serve Hashem properly with all the teira mitzvahs that we have. But teira mitzvahs are natural; all the teira mitzvahs that we do are in nature. No mitzvah requires from us something that's beyond nature, and therefore Mashiach doesn't have to create a supernatural. Um, type of existence and he doesn't have to do supernatural types of nissa. All based on that halakhic concept. I'll take it one... Any questions? No. Okay. By the way, if anyone has any questions you could always push a button and unmute yourself very easily and ask a question. This would be perfectly fine. Um, I'll, let's take that step one more... One, let's take that one step further. Where in the Torah. Is there the most um, spelled out prophecies about the coming of Mashiach? So, and I have to categorize that question. When I say we're in the Torah, I mean in the Hamisha Chum in the five books of Moshe. Because in the books of the Navim it's all over. I mean Yeshayahu and even Yirmiyahu, um, all of them were taught were prophesized the coming of Mashiach. But in the actual Hamisha Chum Torah, who is the one who prophesized Mashiach more than anyone else? Was Bilam, right? One of the one of those enigmas of the Torah that the one who prophesized Mashiach more than anyone else is the most evil one, the evil prophet, right? Not Moshe Rabbeinu, but Bilam, which is a discussion for itself. Perhaps we'll get to that maybe in the next class on Mashiach. But what does Bilam say when he prophesizes about Mashiach? So he says a number of psukim, a number of verses, which I'm not going to go through all of them now. But all of them are said in double form. He says, "I see him, but not now. I gaze at him, but he's not near." A staff will come from Yaakov, and a I'm sorry, a star from Yaakov and a staff from Yisrael. He he says a few psukim of prophecies about a redeemer, but every one of his prophecies is says in double form. I see him, not now. I see him, and not soon. A a star will come forth, a staff will come forth. He'll destroy this, and he'll conquer this. Everything double. Why does he always talk about Mashiach in doubles? So Rambam says that really he was talking about two Mashiachs. Which two Mashiachs? Right, so that's what most people would think. If we talk about two Mashiachs, so we talk about Mashiach ben Yosef and Mashiach ben David, which comes from Shevet Yehuda, which would be, which is a good answer. It's the most intuitive answer, and yet it's not what Rambam says. Um, in fact, Rambam, in his halachic work, doesn't talk about the concept of Mashiach ben Yosef. So Rambam says that um, Bilam is prophesizing about two Mashiachs. Who are the two Mashiachs, says Rambam. David Hamalach? And Mashiach, whom we're waiting for. Interesting. Rambam looks at Dov, as it says in all of history, there's two Mashiachs. David Hamalach and Mashiach that we're waiting for. Why? I mean, of all great Sadiqim and of all great great kings and of all great people, why did he think of David Hamalach and Mashiach? It could have been Moshe Rabenu and Mashiach, it could have been Rabbi Akiva, it could have been Rabbi Bar Yochai, I don't know. It could have been anyone, the Baal Shem Tov, Well, the Rambam wouldn't have written about the Baal Shem Tov, but it it um Why did Rambam, from all of Jewish history, describe two people as Mashiach? David HaMelech and Mashiach. And the answer is, because David HaMelech and Mashiach are the two people in all of history that brought Klal Yisrael to a place of full independence and ability to serve Hashem totally. If you think about it, until David HaMalach, we were busy conquering Eretz Yisrael. We were always fighting our enemies. In other words, Moshe Rabbeinu takes us out of Mitzrayim. Yoshua brings us into Israel. For the next few hundred years, we're fighting the battles with our enemies and whatever. Who brings us to a state of peace in Eretz Yisrael, independence in Eretz Yisrael, and the ability to build a base HaMikdash? David HaMalach. David HaMalach was the first person and only person ever that brought Kalal Yisrael to a place of independence, peace, prosperity, and total um, rulership over Eretz Yisrael. Says Rambam, guess what? That's Mashiach. That's Mashiach's job. Mashiach's job is to bring us to Eretz Yisrael, bring us to a place where we're fully able to serve Hashem, build a base on Mikdash, and do all the mitzvahs in the Torah. Now that happened once in history in the time of David HaMelech. and his son Shlomo built the base Amikdash, and that was it. Because already after Shlomo's, after Shlomo passes away, the Jewish people split up into two kingdoms. His son Shlomo's son is Rechavam, and then there's Yeravam from the other tribes, and it, we never get back together. And then there's the exile of the ten tribes, and then there's the destruction of the first base Amikdash. And we never are back in Eretz Yisrael as a full nation independent with the ability to build a Bessamikdash. Never. And that's why the Rambam looks at all of Jewish history and says there was two people or one was and one will be but there's only two people that serve the function of what Mashiach is which is to bring us to a place where we can fulfill the entire Torah and do all the mitzvahs. In Eretz Yisrael, not being bothered, not being battled, not being attacked. And have a Besamikdash, and have a Kuyan and a Kuyan Gadol, and a Melech. David HaMelech brought us there, and Mashiach will bring us there again. The difference being that HaMelech, David HaMelech brought us there, but it was very temporary. It just lasted one generation. And Mashiach is here to finish the job and bring us back home to stay. But the concept of what they accomplished and what they brought, where they brought Kal Yisrael to, um, those, are, those are the two people who brought Kal Yisrael to that um, to that state of Shlemus. That state of Shlemus. Now, so really, if we think about it, was there ever a time when we were able to fill, fulfill every single mitzvah in the Torah? Was there ever a time that 613 mitzvahs were applicable to us in the Torah? The answer is, yeah. In the time of David and Shlomo HaMelech. Right? Because David and Melech, we were in in Eretz Yisrael, the entire nation. We built the Beis HaMikdash. We had a king. We had a Kohen Gadol. Every detail in the Torah was there. It was very short-lived. But at that point in time, every detail in the Torah was Bishleimus. It's interesting that there is one solitary mitzvah. Yes, but you're mute. Could you unmute yourself? Yeah. Was Dov alive when the Beit HaMikdash was built? No. So Dov HaMelech brought them to the place to build it. He even bought the land and even gathered all the materials to build the Beit HaMikdash. And Hashem said, your son is the one who's actually going to build it when you pass away. And at that point he passed away and Shlomo HaMelech built it. And that's the whole thing for itself. Why it had to be Shlomo, not David. Um, but for whatever reason, it had to be Shlomo. But David is the one who it's considered that he brought the Jewish people to that point. Um, again, to the extent that he bought the grounds and all the materials for the building of the Beis Hamikdash, and yet Hashem willed it that his son is the one who's actually going to build it. So they were Shlemahs by David. By, by Shlemah. David, David brought them to that place, and then Shlemah was the time of the Shlemahs because that's when they had the king and the Beis Hamikdash and the Kohen and everything. And in fact, the name Shlomo is connected with Shleimus. It was really the only time. If you think about, we're we're, we're a nation that's um, what is it 3,500 years old, right, or, th- or a, little, a little more. Our, our time of Shleimus was a, a, like a, like 20 years in the time of Shlomo HaMelech. That's when we had everything in the right place, and that was it. In fact, in the Zaihar, the time of Shlomo HaMelech is called the time of Kaima Musa when the moon is at its fullest, you know, right in the middle of the month, and the moon is full and beautiful, so Klal Yisrael is compared to the moon, as we know, and the time of Shlomo is called the time of the fullness of the moon of Klal Yisrael. But it was very, very short-lived. Now, it's interesting that when the Rambam discusses the sources in the Torah for the coming of Mashiach, so he talks about the prophecies of Bilam that I mentioned before, and he also talks about something interesting. And that is that there's one mitzvah of all 613 that could never fully be performed even at the time of David and Shlomo and will only be when Mashiach will come. What mitzvah is that? What mitzvah that never ever, even in that time of perfection, we had Shlomo we had the Beis HaMikdash, we had a kohen Gadol, we were all in Eretz Yisrael, everything was perfect. And yet, there's one solitary mitzvah that couldn't fully be fulfilled. Now, it's the type of thing that a person would never guess. Like, of all the mitzvahs, which one is that? So, there is a mitzvah that's called the mitzvah of Ari Miklat. Ari Miklot is, Moshe Rabbeinu was told, to designate six cities in the land of Israel. And those cities are there in case someone... Um, accidentally kill someone has to go live in one of those six cities of refuge. Okay, good. That was done. They had them. But then there's an additional pasuk in Parsha Shoftim where the pasuk says If Hashem will broaden the borders of Eretz Yisrael, then you have an additional Mitzvah to add another three cities of refuge. Now, what is that Pesach talking about? When is Hashem going to broaden the borders of Eretz Yisroel? Why is He going to broaden the borders of Eretz Yisroel? Like, what stage in history is that mitzvah talking about? So Rambam tells us from the Gemara, and he says something very interesting, and that is that Eretz Yisroel is a land of how many nations? We always talk about Eretz Yisroel, the Jews were always traveling to Eretz Yisrael, and Eretz Yisroel is a land of how many nations? So throughout the Chumash, we talk about a land of seven nations. And we also say that in davening in the morning. We always talk about the seven nations of the land of Israel. And that's what it was. What's interesting is, when Eretz Yisrael was initially promised to us, and that was to Avram Avinu, by the bris Absorim, by that very first covenant that Hashem made with Heram And Hashem says, Lezarach Nasati nosati to your descendants I have given this land. Hashem goes ahead and enumerates, and it's Psukim. In the Torah portion of Lech Lecha, the Torah enumerates a land of ten nations. It goes through ten nations. I don't have the Chumash open in front of me, but in Lech Lecha, by the story of bris Absorim. Hashem tells Avraham, Lezaracha to your descendants. Nasati yisarets. have given this land. And he goes on to talk about a land of ten nations. And here there's this enigma, because from when the Jewish people left Mitzrayim, Moshe Rabbeinu keeps on telling them we're going to the land of seven nations. We're going to the land of seven nations. And then when the Jews actually come into Israel and they conquer with Yosua, it's always the land of seven nations. So where do three nations get lost? So the Gemara tells us that three of the nations never made it to the Jewish people. Because Israel was, was a huge piece of land and it, it, it housed ten nations. Three of them never went to the Jewish people. Who'd they go to? Says the Gemara, to other relatives of Avram Avinu. Who are they? Amon and Moab. Ammon and Moab are descendants of Lot. They're Lot's sons. Lot is a brother-in-law and nephew to Avram Avinu. And the third one is Edom. That comes from Esav, who's a grandson. So Hashem promises to Avram's descendants a land of ten nations. Three of them are given to other descendants and seven go to the Shvatim and then to Moshrabenu and Yeshua, the Jewish people. Says the Gemara, but that, those three nations that were given away to other relatives was only temporary. When Mashiach will come, that's when we'll get the entire initial Eretz Yisrael. The Eretz Yisrael HaShlema, the complete Eretz Yisrael, the land of all ten nations says the Gemara and says the Rambam, that that's what the Pasuk means in Shoftim, that it says, im yarchiv Hashem gevulcha, there will come a time when Hashem will broaden the borders of Eretz Yisrael. And then you'll add an additional three cities of refuge, an additional three Ari miklat Why? Because then it's going to be a much bigger Eretz Yisrael, an additional three nations, a much greater land, then there will be an additional three Ari Miklot. So the Rambam says this is one of the sources in the Torah of the fact that Mashiach is going to come because the Torah is telling us about a future broadening of the land of Eretz Yisrael, broadening of the borders, referring to those three nations that were never conquered by the Jewish people because we weren't allowed to conquer them because Hashem said for the time being they belong to Ammon, Edom, and Moab. So what we have here is that of all the 613 mitzvahs in the Torah, There's one single mitzvah that never ever happened in any form. And that is the mitzvah of Ari miklat, the completion of that mitzvah of Ari miklat. So when we talk about the coming of Mashiach, and we talk about that that is the time when we'll be able to finally do all the mitzvahs in the Torah, and that's the time when all 613 will be available to us again, and the Beis HaMikdash, and the Kohen, and the Shefit, and the Melech, and all the details, whatever we learn about on the Chumash will be applicable. So really, did it ever happen before? Yes. In the time of David and Shlomo, or Shlomo Melech, when we had everything. Minus one. The one mitzvah that we, we never could have done fully was that additional mitzvah of the extra three Miklah, the extra three cities of refuge. Um, which was just... Uh, the reason I'm, I'm talking about this is because we're saying that the idea of Mashiach is shleimus Mitzvah is that really every detail and every aspect of Torah will finally come into being, come into fruition—and that's, as we explained, why that is, um, why that is so, um, why it's so central to the halacha of Torah, because only then would all the halachas be filled, even such a halacha like Ari Meklat. Now, an interesting question that um, comes up is why are we going to need extra Ari Mikla when Mashiach will come? I mean, your Ari Mikla, cities of refuge, is for someone who kills accidentally. And, you know, when Mashiach is coming, it's not as if people are going to be walking around killing people on purpose or by accident. So why is it that from all the mitzvahs that Hashem says when Mashiach comes, I want you to do that, Bishlemos, is make sure to have all those Ari Mikla, make sure to have all those cities of refuge there. Like, why is it so important? And it's a, that's a, it's a famous question, and there's different answers given. Um, one interesting answer that they're ever suggested is that Ari Miklat is there to bring atonement for a person. Like, every punishment in the Torah is really to atone. So, when Mashiach will come, the Ari Miklat are not going to be there to atone for someone who kills accidentally when Mashiach comes, but for all the people who accidentally killed in the last 2,000 years. Right? Throughout Golos, there are people who who by mistake or in a car accident or whatever, and people were killed. And killing another person, chas v'shalem, chas v'shalem, even accidentally, is a terrible sin, and needs atonement. And when Mashiach will come, there's going to be atonement for everyone. And therefore, the Rebbe suggested that perhaps that's why we'll have those extra Ari miklo when Mashiach comes, just to make sure that there's a full, complete atonement for every type of avera that anyone ever had in um, throughout Golos. That's just one angle of understanding why the Ari miklo will be there when Mashiach will come. But, To go back to what the the primary point of what we're discussing here is that Mashiach's um, primary function is to bring the shleimus of Torah and mitzvahs. Again, I I said this at the beginning, I'm going to say it again. Tonight we're discussing the halachic angle of it, the halachic perspective. There's the whole mystical perspective next week in Mirza Hashem. So all of this is also connected with the fact that Mashiach will not only be a Mashiach for Klal Yisrael, but it says that Yilchai Melchames Hashem he'll wage the battles of Hashem against the enemies of Klal Yisrael as well. Now, and ultimately Mashiach will conquer the enemies of Klal Yisrael, as Rambam writes very clearly, that at that time there will be Shibud Malchiyos. Shibud Malchiyos means that all other nations will ultimately be subservient to Mashiach. So Mashiach will be a primary ruler, not only over Eretz Yisrael and Klal Yisrael, but he'll be a ruler over all of the Malchus of the world. Why is that so important? Why is it important that, you know, if Mashiach is here so that we should serve Hashem properly, fine, so he should be our Melech, And he should bring bring us to Besamekdash and bring us to Eretz Yisrael and we'll serve Hashem. Why is it important that he should also um, conquer and vanquish the enemies of Klal Yisrael and be an undisputed, independent leader. Why? Why is that important in order for us to do Torah and And the answer to that is really a double answer, a two-step answer. One is a very simplistic thing. In order for us to be able to serve Hashem properly, we can't have enemies who are battling us or are waging battles against us. In order for us to have, to serve Hashem properly and to learn Torah properly and to be um, complete in our Avedis Hashem, it's only if we'll finally have menucha, after thousands of years of gallus and, and suffering, and people trying to hurt us and destroy us, so therefore Mashiach will have to fight and be, and conquer, be victorious over all of our enemies, in order to make us completely independent, in order that we should be able to serve Hashem, or as the Rambam writes, and let me quote, the Rambam writes over here, give me a second, that why did always the Eden want Mashiach? Why did they daven for Mashiach and wait? He says, we weren't looking to rule over others. We're not looking to uh, be kings over others, but rather, that we should have the peace, the peace of mind and the serenity, to be able to devote our times to the study of Torah and to understanding Hashem, the ways of Hashem, and therefore there won't be wars and there won't be hungers and there won't be famines, because that Hashem will give us the ability that we should be able to serve Hashem properly. So the first answer, why is it important the Mashiach to fight the battles against our enemies, is simple. Only that way do we have peace of mind. Only that way are we not attacked. Only that way can we serve Hashem properly. That's one step of why Mashiach has to fight the battles against the enemies of Hashem. But the Rebbe says that really it goes much beyond that. Shleimus ha-Torah v'a-Mitzvah, that all Torah mitzvahs Mitzvah should be filled, is not just for Kalal Yisrael. Hashem's Torah, Hashem's instruction, and Hashem's mitzvahs, Hashem commandments are for the entire world. Not the same amount of mitzvahs, there's 613 mitzvahs for a Yid. And there's sheva mitzvahs noach, the seven mitzvahs for a Goy. Mashiach is going to bring the world to a state of, of Shleimus, of completion in serving Hashem, not only Klal Yisrael, but the entire world will serve Hashem. The entire world will serve Hashem in the way that Hashem wants them to serve Him. And that's why Mashiach is ultimately going to be the Melech, the king, not only over Klal Yisrael, but there will be, as the Raman writes, the Shibud Malchiyos, that he will be the superpower and the super king over all of the different nations of the world, not because he's looking to destroy or hurt anyone, but because the ways of Hashem, and the ways of Torah and Mitzvah, and the ways of the Sheva and Mitzvah and understanding the oneness of Hashem is something that will then be bishlemos in the entire world altogether. As the Rambam says, he says, Hashem <laughs> the knowledge of Hashem and the pursuit of Hashem is going to be the pursuit of the entire world, not just of Kalal Yisrael. And that's what Mashiach will be, the Yilchay Melchemes Hashem Ve'inatzeach, He'll wage the battles of Hashem against those nations that go against Hashem. He'll be victorious so that all of the nations of the world will accept Mashiach and accept the ways of Hashem and serve Hashem the way that's expected of every person according to what's expected of that person. So it's all about Shleimus HaTarev HaMitzvahs. Every aspect of what Mashiach is doing, going back to what we said earlier, whether it's bringing us to Eretz Yisrael, so we should have the Mitzvahs of Eretz Yisrael. building a on HaMikdash so we should be able to do all the Mitzvahs in a on HaMikdash, returning Malchus to Klal Yisrael, that there should be a Melech that should make sure that all the Halachas of the Torah are being done. And also this concept, that he'll wage the battles of Hashem, first of all, to remove those who are enemies, who hurt, who, who hold us back from serving Hashem, and even more importantly, as he says, that'll bring correction, i will bring completion and shleimas to the entire world, that everyone should serve Hashem in the way that Hashem requires from every, different, from every nation and every part of mankind. And that's why, just on a side note, the Rebbe said that in these last times before Mashiach is coming, the Rebbe talked about so many times the importance of not only spreading Yiddishkeit to Yidin, but spreading the awareness of Hashem to everyone. And the Shevim is whenever we're able to, because that's ultimately Mashiach's job, not only for Klal Yisrael, but for the entire world. So therefore, in, in summation, I'll finish with what I began, which is, when we ask from that halakh, perfectly halachic standpoint and perspective, why is it such a yeso'id? Why is it so foundational? Why is it so important to know the Mashiach is coming and to daven for Mashiach coming and to wait for Mashiach coming? The answer is in, in three words, shleimus, ha-toira That for thousands of years we've been waiting that the entire Torah should be applicable that the entire Torah should be something that's applicable to us, Kalal Yisrael, and to the entire world. And that's what Mashiach has to do and is going to do halachically. And that's both for Kalal Yisrael, and that explains the different steps in halacha that he has to do, as we pointed out, and even for Umay Sa'elam, even for all the nations of the world, Mashiach is here to bring everyone to their awareness of serving Hashem the way that they have to, and finally making us able to do all of those mitzvahs that we couldn't do till now, even as we pointed out, even a nuance like Ari Miklat, which we were never able to do which we'll be able to do when Mashiach will come. So all of this is from the halachic, strictly halachic perspective really, of what Mashiach's function is and why that's so central, and why it's so important for us to daven for it, as we pointed out from the Daughters of Slavchad um, and from the Pesach Sheni, because we don't have all those mitzvahs, we don't have all those, those abilities, and therefore we, we await for it, and therefore we yearn for it, and therefore we daven for it, both for ourselves and for the whole world as a whole. In Amir Sashem, next week, we'll come back and revisit the same topic, of why is Mashiach so central, but understand it from the more Hasidic and Kabbalistic perspective of the Shleimos of the world that he's going to be um, uh, bringing about, not in any way in contradiction to what we talked about tonight, but to talk about also the angle of what's being accomplished spiritually speaking and what we'll have with the coming of Mashiach, and Amir Sashem Hashem should help, that that shir should already be explaining what's already going on as Rezeche to the coming of Mashiach may it be, Speedily, even before next year, Emir Hashem. So, um Amen.